0: Hello, welcome back to another week of the European Tour Picks and Bets, not just another week. This is the Super Bowl of the European Tour, the BMW PGA Championship at Wentworth Golf Club. Tom Jacobs, how excited are you for this week?
1: We don't often get just an empty week just to talk about the European Tour. I feel like everyone's going to be like, oh my God, it's just European Tour. What do we do? You come and watch this show. Um, I will be there Sunday afternoon, hopefully cheering on one of our bets um maybe one in particular we both obviously like um but look it's a great week it's a really good week uh we've got the added layer of the Ryder cup selections as well to come uh following the conclusion of the event um it's been a very exciting week got the Solheim cup still going on as we speak um so try not to get distracted too much by that but uh yeah really good week to look forward to
0: absolutely a lot of fun golf played over the you know the last i guess I would say you know week, two weeks leading into all of this. I mean, the tour championship is probably not even near the headline of what the golf was played Patrick Cantley, of course, um, taking that home. But, you know, my eyes have been glued on the Solheim cup. The Italian open was, you know, pretty exciting on Sunday. I felt once again, Tom, you know, through 18 holes, you know, the two weeks ago, wonderful. James Morrison, we're on him all over feel great. 36 holes. They gave us 18 more last weekend. Min Lee, you know, here we go. Two clear, Guys, you know, kind of a stone-cold killer, two wins already. Of course, he's not going to let up. And, man, are these weekends just killing people. It's unbelievable some of the rounds that guys in contention are putting together, especially those that we happen to have our money on. So it's uh, a little bit sad that Min Woo did not have much uh, the rest of the way. But what did you think overall in the Italian Open?
1: I enjoyed it. I think that the the reviews I read on the golf course weren't exactly – uh, it, you know enthralling i think oliver wilson basically said there wasn't a memorable hole on the golf course which is a slight concern considering it's going to be a Ryder Cup venue in 2023 but uh look it it did a great job i think in terms of the actual tournament they played this week right i mean it was a seven under lead after round 1 uh 13 under 1 on sunday um and to be honest, that was a battle on the final day's to that 13 under score so uh obviously we saw the the twin in nikolai hogard uh oh follow up uh rasmus's win the week before um i think we've kind of mentioned haven't we that i don't think there's an awful lot between the two of them i think there's there's a big reach for rasmus because he's had those, he had those two wins and then he got a third and when he got a third i kind of thought maybe there is a bit of a significant difference between the two but then Nikolai gets in the field late invite on monday um not even sure if he was in the field by the time we were talking about it on the show last week um, but we, we've mentioned it a few times, you know, his ball striking has been leading up to that. Um, and if you think back way back to 2019, before me and you were even doing this show, um, he went head-to-head with, uh, or toadstow, whatever you want to call it, with Sergio Garcia at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, Actually bested him on the Sunday, shot one shot better, he was just one behind and, and lost by a shot. Um, and I don't think when it's all said and done, there'll be too much between them in terms of wins. Yeah. I think it's a
0: valid point. And we obviously saw, you know, far deeper numbers on Nikolai leading up. Um, it was disappointing. He wasn't in the field when we had our kind of Monday research because recent ball striking when we like to kind of chase that was something he absolutely had. So good on him. I mean, history kind of having that back to back weeks with the twins, we're seeing the quarters of course in the Solheim cup right now too, but man, it's pretty special to have, um, kind of that situation, especially twins um, at their age, be able to pull that. So that was some exciting golf. And also we have the corn Ferry tour finals that wrapped up and you know we? we we tweeted you know earlier this morning you know five of the six guys um Basically, that were full-time European Tour players all advancing to the PGA Tour. You know, Aaron Rye, Matias Schwab, Lucas Herbert, Christian Bezadenhut, and Kurt Kidiyama sneaking through. Um, And then, of course, the one and only not uh, making it through. Sadly, the one that I would have thought was a shoe-in almost, Robert McIntyre, did not. I mean, what, did not make the weekend in either of his first two events and did not even tee it up on the last one, decided to go home, clear his head, and try to get ready
1: for Wentworth here. And I do think it's damaged. Like I said, I think last week it damages Ryder right Cup chances as well. And I think you have you have to chase that PGA Tour card. Okay, it's the it's the holy grail. It's what it's all about. Uh, us as European Tour fans and commentators, whatever you want to call us, are going to be disappointed to lose players of those of that caliber uh, to you know a PGA Tour schedule. But ultimately, it's the pinnacle of the event. We want to see these guys eventually win the PGA Tour events, and people want to look to us as as information for what you guys brought on the European Tour. It's uh, it's great to be able to share that with everyone. But uh, you know, I think in terms of the, the Hoy guards we just spoke about, they're probably candidates to go over there at some point soon. Um, you know, crockers and, and people like that as well, Horsefield should be over there full time in in a not too distant future. So it just happens. It's not it's not a feed at all. it's anything but because the guys come back over here and play. Um and this this field in, in general shows that. Absolutely. And and I think.
0: It's you know, without further ado, kind of diving into again the biggest event that we see all year. Um, you know, BMW PGA Championship has had a laundry list of incredible winners. Um, you know, Francisco Molinari comes to mind in that epic run that he had, Danny Willett, Tyrell Hatton being the two other recent winners, Alex Noren knocking off Young Hun An. Notching a win here as well. Some very fun golf has been played throughout the years. This course, um, I guess the best way, it just kind of tests every part of your game. You know i think of kind of the tree line setting that it's hard to really overpower with the driver but you see rory mcelroy doing it at times opening with terrible rounds closing with impressive rounds like he does here and there but the closing holes back to back par fives are always a lot of fun 16 is very short as well you can really birdie yourself in uh but it's a par 72 close to 7,300 yards tom being so close to you what are your thoughts on the course and what's the skill set needed to compete here
1: I did get a, a good of great justice. I think it's an event we've seen a lot of in the past. Uh, it was remodeled uh, slightly again in 2017, and I think the the move to to September that's happened since the start. Of, uh, you know, 2019 2020 renewal is a significant factor. The weather does change. You know, May it can be very wet. In September it tends to be dry. Although this is England, so uh, you know it can rain on any given week. But uh, you know, yeah, I think that the, if the wind gets up, despite the fact that it is tree lined, it can be a significant factor. I think that, you know, the small greens and, and the treacherous around the greens at times is there are some really funky shots. And I think you see it, you know, every time I used to go, I remember as, as, a, as a younger adult, you know, every weekend you'd go there and you'd, you'd miss a load of stars that missed a cut. I remember in Rose missing cuts, Poles missing cuts. So you want to see them and they're not there because, you know, they might shoot 68 one day and 77 seven the next. It, it's one of those courses that can really catch up you really fast, you know. It's a tough start, um, you know, the middle it gets a bit hairy as well. So... Um, you do see some good scores. I mean, it's been 19 under and 20 under the last two years. Um, but then before that, it's kind of a mix. You know, Chris beat Ricard Kahlberg with nine under. Massimo Manassaro won 10 under in a playoff. Um, you know, six under Luke Donald right back in the day, 2011. Um, and that was after six under Simon Carwin as well. So it does, it has variations. I think that now that the better players come over and there's more of them it's deeper, I think the score just gets better by natural progression. Um, but yeah, I think it's strong iron game. Uh, I don't think you do really overpower it. I think it's strong iron game and, and making up a round of greens if, if you miss those small greens.
0: Yep. Amen. I totally agree. And with being the only show in town this week on professional golf formats, we're going to see some really, really large DraftKings prize pools for the week. We have the main $15, which, you know, we we never get this style of tournament has 50000 to first place for the week. Um, we have a really strong 555 um, as well that has a four max if you prefer that kind of route. And there's a lot of single entry contests that have opened up too. But to have um, you know a contest with $150,000 in prize pools is something you see perhaps once a year on this off week, um, and it happens to align with you know Wentworth this week. So as we dive into the board, I want to take this time to make sure if you are you know supporters of us in the past, we really appreciate it. If you could like, subscribe, review, leave comments tom's all over the youtube comments um getting back and forth interaction we appreciate that so if your first time you know diving into european tour this week we welcome you thank you for listening uh we also have the audio uh platforms as well you can Uh, look at us at Daily Fantasy Sports Picks and Bets, the mix that has all of the Mayo Media Network shows across um, on the kind of niche sports that you can find if you prefer the audio formats, you can find that at any of your podcast platforms. So Tom, we look at the top of the board here and Victor Hovland makes his way and I think he is a deserving favorite 10 to 1 um, with the recent golf he has come and displayed coming over the European Tour and winning in Germany recently, deserving 10 to 1 last year's winner, Terrell Hatton, 16-1, 16-1, to uh, best I saw, Shane Lowry, 18. And then I would say the next two you can throw in that bunch would be Matty Fitz and Tommy Fleetwood, who both teed it up last week, one of them finishing a stroke short due to a late water ball um, for Tommy. And Matthew Fitzpatrick
1: didn't even come close to sniffing the weekend. Thoughts at the top of the board? I to Hovland's the obvious favorite, right? I think if you uh, if there was a PGA Tour event on and you had a short-price favorite, I'd fancy doubling them up. Uh, you know, you look at, I think he's been to the European Tour six times. Uh, he's won the BMW International Open, third at the DP World Tour, sixth at the Saudi, 23rd at Dubai Desert Classic, Mr. Cut Abu Dhabi, uh, 11th here on debut. And that 11th, you know, he basically slipped walked his way around Wentworth that week. I was there, he did nothing, got him going. I think he was in the group with Finau, both very, very relaxed, you know, just strolled his way to 11 under any stress. So, um, different player now. I think he was 89th in the world after that week. He's now 14th in the world. Uh, so very, very obviously the favorite. Um, he's got some, uh, you know, his first riding Cup to look forward to as well. So you want to put in a good shame for the captain there. So yeah, I think he's a worthy favorite. Obviously Tyrrell Hassan, defending champion, never easy. Uh, Shane Lowry has excellent course form. Um, you know, really, really good. Probably should have won it one year when he lost out to Rory McIlroy. Um, Tommy Fleetwood feels like we're saying a lot of the same things at the moment, you know, that that top ten last week, or his second, sort I say, was his first top ten since uh, March in stroke play. Um, just feels like he's just disappointing, which you know has been the case since he's come out of the pandemic. And, and Fitzpatrick, I sort of spoke him up as being someone that was actually quite sneaky and playing very really well on PGA Tour. And he does a decent record here, so you can see why he's in there at 1.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and. It's not that I am making a conscious decision to avoid this, you know, side of things on DraftKings. I'm going to probably be plentiful with Victor Hovland, and you know, looking into Hatton and mixing it up up there with some Fleetwood. Uh, but the real one, when it comes to the betting market, is is just beyond this range for me, where I'm going to start my card. And it's you know, Alex Norin. And if you think about back to Norin's victory, it would have been 2017. Um, his victory here was arguably one of the most impressive rounds that I have seen as kind of a fan of professional golf. You know, if you think back, I can remember vividly the night before somebody tweeted, I hope I can find it this week, a picture of Norrin's hands. This is when the Norrin blistered hands on the range came out where he is just pounding balls, you know, looking to find anything as he sits with relatively no chance, you know, leading into the final day. And here he is just, again, out here, probably, I mean, he he was, you know, that was kind of his stretch of golf where he ripped off a bunch of wins, but that Sunday 62, where he was, I believe, three strokes better than anybody else in the field. Um, you know, there was only five golfers who even broke 67 that day or 66 that day. So I just think it's an unbelievable, you know, kind of story he has at Wentworth. And then you combine with his Renaissance of recent form. I mean, somebody who has, I would say a mediocre year at best has came alive over the FedEx playoffs and kind of leading in. I actually thought he might maybe have a chance to sneak into East Lake, but you know, you can see him with his best finishes, I would say of the year with a T9 at the BMW Championship, a T4, at the Northern Trust, two really, really strong events. We saw that T4 at the Rocket Mortgage, which, you know, that, that doesn't even kind of hold a candle, I think, to those two top tens there. So we're seeing him on full display from a T to green standpoint, um, you know, gaining tees almost every single week off the tee, approach has been well, and we know his short game, especially on the greens is very impressive. Impressive. 27 to one even 25s out there I think is very fair so Noren is where I am I am starting my card off
1: yeah and there's literally just one reason why I'm not on him this week and we'll come on to that later on in terms of somebody else that I like for similar reasons but that 62 you talk about I mean he was in 21st place after three rounds and he was seven shots off the lead um, you know if you say that was against Andrew Dote he was six shots off the lead of of Brandon in second so he really had no right to win that event. It felt very much like uh, Brent Snedeker at Sorry Pines type of thing where he just does something that nobody else in the field can do. Um, and, and I always remember it being a 63, so 62 is even better. Um, absolutely amazing. And and he is that type of player, right? He can just get hot at any given time. Uh, his passer heats up. Um, I, just, I wonder whether it's been like a Ryder Cup inspiration as to why this kind of form has kicked on or whether he's just found something maybe it was a case of going over to the pga tour and and just grinding his way into into that kind of swing of things i don't know but it certainly seems to be that he's picked up the game of over the last two or three weeks uh, two or three months sorry uh to completely different levels it was at the start of the year
0: yeah and, and that's really i mean you get trending form you get his finishes again i love you know lead him form of course but you also see those in the most difficult, you know, events that we've had recently on, you know, the tour. So I mean same reason why Victor Hovland's performances whether they might not be, you know, win second, third, you know, top 5s, it's still versus the best in the world where unfortunately some of the middle of the summer stretch and even, you know, until the last couple of weeks in of the European tour, was still some of those weaker fields. So, you know, putting apples to apples isn't really fair when we look at the finishes there. So, let's go to your um other selection here which I feel has some remnants to to nora in the recent four.
1: henry stenson has just been a completely different golfer over what was it the last three events or so um you know i think it was the first week where he, he kind of played well and i sort of said oh you know a lot of it was gained on On i think i came on the show and said that it, it was short game based and that's always a bit of a worry i think it was at the check masters where he, he, you know i think he gained something stupid like nine strokes around or on the green and you worry that's a problem. I think he came from 93rd place or whatever it was. Um, Then he has got his third at crown and you think, okay, you know, slightly weaker field, comes back. And then he leads away after round one last week uh, and finishes 15th. And it's just been a clinic. It's just been the old Henrik Stenson. He's just got the groove those irons back in. Uh, we know he doesn't play the driver very much off the tee. He doesn't need to here. Um, He's now got Gareth Lord back on the bag as well, which is massive. Obviously, Gareth Lord, you know, he's gone over to to so Justin Rose's bag in the past, um, you know, once Stinson was sitting out for a little while, uh, he's got four top eight finishes here in the last fifteen years. The last three starts: at a seventh, a third, and a seventeenth. Seventeenth came on his first start here in September. Um, he was second out of round one, third out of round two, um, and just sort of before Saturday, and, and that kind of left him too much to do on a Sunday. And, it's just the way he's been playing. Like, it's just phenomenal. And we talk about Friday Cups and, and getting people up for it. We saw it with Sergio Garcia before Paris. I think we're seeing it with Stinson now. Um, I think that Roger Harrison wants one of him or Justin Rose to kind of go in there, uh, put it all out, and, and just give him an easy pick. Because beyond those two guys and how experienced they are, if, if, if it stays exactly the same as Shane Lowry stays in his position and it goes Garcia, Poulter, and those two guys as a pick, it's quite easy once you start opening up to the guys that we'll talk about a bit later on in the show it becomes a minefield and i think he just wants one of those to come to the pool
0: yep yeah i mean he i would agree that the the ease of the picks seem like they could be there if the chips fall the right way but is that the best side i mean we'll debate that a little bit later on but is it the best way they could structure this team i don't necessarily agree but it but they could they could absolutely make a statement this week and say all right here we go let's ride yeah Um, For me, I'm going to stay one more in this range as well. Um, A guy I think had one of the better debuts um, at this event would have been 2019 with a third place finish. Christian Bezaydenhut is that style of golfer, in my opinion, that just is the epitome of a grinder in addition to just a improving ball striking game he's short off the tee but that doesn't really be too much of a detriment here he's very accurate so he can play from the fairway short game is lights out it's kind of in in a sense i mean the guys maybe are a little bit better off the tee but you know will it has that type of degree in his game hatton's a better version of that but um you know i think Zayden Hoot just carries a lot of just trust and reliability and somebody that I I'm very strong on um, going into this tournament. He also was one of those golfers who locked up the PJ tour card, like we mentioned. So it, it's twofold. You're either playing, you know, on house money, there's no pressure. You know, he realistically isn't going to make the Ryder cup. You know, I guess is he probably, we can pull it up. I mean, can he, if he wins or he, no, no, he's
1: South African. So he can't play. <laughs> that,
0: that would also make sense. That's very embarrassing, <laughs> but we'll see him. And um, not too long then. But um, so if we think, gosh, I'm gonna get roasted for that. I can't wait. Um, but I was just thinking of the other guys that can win and get in. So if you think about Zayden, who last time we saw him, corn fairy tour championship 64 on Sunday round of the day, we saw, if you look at those three events, you know, 10th place finish in the first one needed a strong finish Everything, you know, all everything's on the table, all chips right there. If it can fall through 64 round of the day, it's just enough for me in momentum that you come over there, you're playing ease free, and you'd like to put on a display. And, um, you know, that that just all adds up to 35 to one, in my opinion. It's just you know, a, enough value, in my opinion, for that number. He went to
1: that little station there. it was kind of 16 to one, 18 to one, 20 to one. And I could just breeze straight past him in the betting. And now he gets that sort of. 33 to one number, 30 is one number, where you think, okay, now I've got to give him a second look. Um, very, very impressive, like you say, yesterday, 64. And there's always that worry that it's just one final round, it's caught your eye, and it doesn't really matter. He was kind of out of contention, but he was trying to push for something. Uh, but he was 10th at the Albison Boys Open as well, the first playoff event. 58th in the middle wasn't so great, but. He's been very, very steady. He's always going to make the weekend, you feel like. he I mean, I can't remember the last time he missed the cut. He's got to go back to the Scottish Open last season uh, for his last missed cut. So he's just going to give you uh, a great run there. And, yeah, I, I just... It's one of those ones where I always think that he relies an awful lot on his short game. But that can't, be, that can't always be a bad uh, formula at this course. You know, we've spoken about the fact that if you do miss greens, you need to get up and down. I think he can do that. So... Yeah, Christian Bazo Now I, I like the pick. It's just not for me this week.
0: Yeah, very fair, fair, very fair reasonings. Um, for me, I, I, when I stack my card in this range, I like to, because those are probably win only bets for me, unless you can get a really good Hoot number, but I'm going to get deep down into some other each way bets um, later on. So in the mid range, um, who to you kind of stands out as potential. And they're also DraftKings plays. A lot of these guys we kind of talk through do represent this mid tier of DraftKings salaries, which I am, you know, again, I'm probably going to be heavy into the $15 this week, you know, with a pretty large player pool. So definitely going to have exposure in these guys as well.
1: I think there is a ton of names here that, you know, you spoke to me about Matthias Schwab uh, earlier on, led the Corn the Ferry event in Green's regulation. Uh, Victor Perez here was second on his debut uh, last year. He's obviously chasing that final rider cup pick. Two top eighteen finishes in the last three events. I think he's coming to form just at the right time. Uh, you mentioned obviously Francesco Molinari. I think with Molinari's, I don't his price was fifty to one last week, and we mentioned that, that was it looked big, but Know, really silly for the way he's playing, wasn't and it hasn't really moved. And I know it's a good event for him, but he didn't show enough at the Italian Open for me to, to have any sort of interest there. Then you've got your guy Guido, um, you know, he is an absolute powerhouse. Um, you know, I'm sure I'll let you come on to him in a minute, but Gary Higo played very well on debut. Um, and then I've, I've got pick a pick, couple of picks here, and one to avoid after uh, some information we got last, last year. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, if you look, I'll pull up the DraftKings salaries as we go and kind of talk through where it stands, kind of in that mid-range. But if you look, okay, so we see guys that we've mentioned our names so far. Guido, 8,600, 66-1. Best irons we've seen out of him on the calendar year. Absolutely going to be betting that. Disappointing, um, to say the least, I think, last week. Uh, Thursday was horrid. Sunday was horrid. Friday and Saturday, not too bad but those irons were way better than what we have seen recently. So you kind of put the, the middle with the better and you just keep going. So 66 to one again, we're, we're getting numbers on these golfers, which are some things we haven't seen in, in a substantial amount of time with the stretch on the European tour. So Guido, $8,600. Last week or two weeks ago's winner, Rasmus Hoygaard, $8,400. Uh, we'll be playing You know him, Matthias Schwab, 8,100. Victor Perez, 8K flat. You know, I think a lot of good things to be said. I mean, if you get in the higher range, we're going to see Robert McIntyre, who I'm hoping plays well, will take the chance in DraftKings relative to the betting market, 8,900. hoping he goes a little bit lower owned. Um, but that's kind of the eight K's. I think you can really pepper Schwa will have to hit some putts to pay off from a each ways point, which I just had to make a selection, ultimately not getting there with him. But, um, let's talk through another golfer who has had, uh, I would say polar opposite events at times where everybody's on him. He withdraws or misses the cut by a mile weeks. If you keep betting him, even if he's at 28 to one has shown um, that he can have some of the best golf in the world. Why are we both on Sam Horsefield this week?
1: Because hopefully he's not going to do what he's been doing on Fridays for the past six events. He is a superb golfer. Uh, he was fifteenth here on debut, and I think he was third after fifty-four holes that year as well. Yeah. Um, had a realistic chance of winning there, and you know the occasion got to him. I think he was behind Rory and Francesco, so you know, it's, you know, big guns to chase. Um, you know, fifteenth last week when not, you know, without his best stuff. That's the type of player that he is now. You mentioned Guido last week. I think it was 34th, without really having anything. You know, these guys now putting solid finishes in without being anywhere near their best, and that is huge. Uh, 23rd at the Czech Masters, again, horrible Friday. 6th at the Kazoo, what happened? Didn't like Friday. 5th at the BMW International Open. You know, it's just been littered with really, really good chances. Um, He wasn't good here last year, but he was just coming off the back of those two wins, if you remember, um, kind of... It wasn't back-to-back, was it? There was one in between, but the hero opened, the Celtic Classic. Um, I just, that debut performance, you know, where he was, 2018, where he really turned it on and I really, really like that. And i just, he strikes me as the type of player. I mean, he's going to have Ian Pulser there this week who's always been a kind of mentor for him. Surely someone's going to be in his ear, like, just do everything you can to get onto this Ryder Cup team. I, I don't think he can probably do it at this stage. Um, I, I don't think he's probably done enough to get picked just yet. Um, but he would be a huge asset in terms of the way that he hits the ball. Um, he could somehow really impress his speaker at with.
0: Yeah. It's just so much talent, so much literally leading the field and around here or there, if not twice a tournament, um, you know, just shades of something that's ready to break through and why he's been on so many betting cards uh, kind of in lead up, you know, in the twenties at many of times. Yeah. So to see him, you know, at this kind of number, um, you know, is, I, I is think very you have,
1: you have to play. If you've been someone who's been backing Sam Horwood all season, you, you just have to play him this week, right? And that's why yes. I've backed him because I think at 10 to 1 and 12 to 1, I'd just rather avoid him. You know, anything can go wrong. He can shoot those kind of 77 rounds on a Friday or whatever it is where he misses a ton of putts. He can pull out, whatever. But when it's 70 to 1, you know, I really do not need a lot to go right for him because. He's already doing it. You know, we, we talk about someone like Sean Crocker as well, a very good friend of his, you know, both of them are just elite ball strikers. Both of them are PGA Tour ready. Um, they're just putters and one good round away from just really elevating their games.
0: Yeah, the separation to me in the betting market is, is not enough to... Go with Crocker over Horsefield in that opportunity when they're very similar numbers, especially because Sam has gotten over the line when Sean's still chasing that first one. But on DraftKings, Horsefield's 8,500 while Crocker's 7,800. So Crocker's bound to be popular at that range. Um, but there's also another golfer at 7,800. I feel remiss if we didn't select. But there's a rumor going out there. Can you confirm? Um, is Richard Bland on your betting card this week?
1: Richard Bland was going to be very close to my betting card. Uh, and then we got the inside information that he's uh, been and a And uh, when cussed picks golf, we avoid. So, Richard Bland, sorry, sir, but that excellent run you've been on uh, at 48 years of age, defying the odds, continuously performing well, has just been absolutely obliterated. You can expect to go back to the Richard Bland that we used to take the mick out of every single week, laugh at in your face because uh that is going to happen
0: again i've embraced cust you know when he said he's on the guido bandwagon and the open championship is guidos although he did bogey the 35th hole and missed the cut by one you know i still have it in my heart you know for old tim so i'm really hoping um I mean, I, I was rooting for Bland, $7,800 feels like, you know, some, some, you know, lineups I'll definitely have exposure to, uh, but hopefully Cus can will Guido back to it too. You know, Cus, if you're listening out there, you know, don't be afraid to to bet on our man Guido in the sixties. Um, if we keep going on down, I thought there was a glaring number um, that I couldn't pass up for Callum Hill. Callum Hill has been, I mean, if you think the last six weeks, I guess I would dare say on the European tour what the the top, a top three golfer, you know, maybe potentially even higher than that. Like he has been exceptional, even at times where it feels like it's spurts where, you know, these guys getting their first win, you know, is a huge deal to come back top 10 the week afterwards. So he's gone fourth, first, seventh, 34th, just last week at the Italian open. But if you dig a little bit deeper, again, we love kind of analyzing the, the, the small details of it. So Callum Hill last week opens with a 75 then he shoots a 65 then he goes right back to a 75 and then he shoots a 66 on sunday so you know if you think that's 65 that's a round of the day 66 would have been one back Lotharable shot of 65 um or lorthop 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 so i'll get working on that one still but that one works too Um, but Callum Hill, you know, almost two rounds of the tournament there and still finishes T-34 just enough. And to see him at 80 to one, 80 to one after this stretch of golf, you love looking at, um, kind of the, the location finishes too. And that is something where Callum Hill has done incredibly well. You know, his victory coming in this neck of the woods, two other top tens, also at, you know, if you look at the british masters um uk championship for him so two other events he has excelled at so those last three events in this area are nine eight in a win 80 to one although it took him a little while to get over the line you know now he has that in his back pocket he can trust him a little bit more on sunday so i think 80 is an awesome price
1: there's a couple of things i really really like about callow hill is that since the uh... I have my doubts over, you know, the, the form that he was putting in last year during the, the kind of return from the pandemic. It felt like he was just taking advantage of the resort courses, taking advantage of no crowds and just stringing back-to-back events in. Uh, but he's done it again this season. And and now it just looks like this is the type of player he is. Um, if we say that about too many people, they can't all do it. But I think that Callum Hill is one of them. You've only really got to look at his reaction to winning when he won... Um, you know the kazoo classic in, in Kent, he had just a very, very muted reaction, like, Well, that's just kind of what I do, that's what I'm here to do, it's what I expect of myself. Um, some will look at it as arrogance. And I felt in the first instance, I was that's arrogant. You should be kind of overjoyed, you should be crying like everybody else does. Uh, and then you probably realize actually, you may just be very good. And the the subsequent form uh suggests that it is the latter. Um you know you talk about location form like you say he's played very very well in england played British as well twice hasn't played here yet um which was just the one concern for me along with someone like johannes Veerman, who as well is in very good form both got their wins recently um but I, I don't think i'd let that put me off i think you know if you weren't going to mention him i was um you know i think he's if we talk about this or i talk about it's an awful lot but you look at these guys at 25 to 1. You don't want to be on. He won at a short number as you'd expect, but you want to target these guys at these events. You know, on the PGA, so you get the players, WGCs on the European, so you get this and the Dunhill links. And, you know, the fields get stronger, they go out to a big price. There is nothing that Callum Hill has done wrong to go out to 80 to 1. There is just some guys that have come over. And you look at the guys that are shorter Adam Scott, Justin Rose, Toby Fleetwood, Lee Westwood, um, Lee Westwood. Ian Poulter, right? I know they've got a lot to play for. I know they've got a lot of name value. Um, Do they, you know, Brandon Grace, are they they in the kind of form that Callum Hill's in to kind of, I know Tommy Fleetwood was second last week, but I don't think they're any better than him at the moment. And they've got other things to play for and other things to keep in mind, whereas Callum Hill is just focused purely on winning this. week. Yep.
0: Mm -hmm, Absolutely. If you go through the DraftKings prices of guys that you just kind of ran through. So Callum Hill, 7,700. If you talk about debutante in Johannes Veerman, 7,500. Another debutante that I had my eyes on, but again, if I was... You can't bet everybody, um, no. and potentially this golfer's style might not be the best fit for Wentworth, but last week was incredibly impressive for Adrian Maronk. Um, $7,400 for him. You know, you'd argue that second place finish, I mean, that would be his best um, that he has had. So I think Moronk was very intriguing. I just have the last selection that we align on here, and I'll let you lead in um, our 90-to-1 pick here.
1: Masahiro Kawamura, and he's been the guy that we have talked about every week, right? Every week we've gone through the top of the board and we've gone, well, Masahiro Kawamura's hit the board incredibly well, but he's 25 to one, he's 28 to one, he hasn't won. He's 33 to one, he still hasn't won. Um, you know, this is a guy, I think, is it nine years ago now? Maybe even, maybe a bit longer, that he won on um, the Japan tour as a 20 year old, and he's never kicked on. Um, but his game, I mean, tee to green is like electric. Um, you know, his approaches have been very, very good. Um, he had one of those rounds yesterday where he flew up the leader, well, it five under in really tough, not tough conditions, but I think a lot of people at the top were kind of hesitant and, and struggling to score. So uh, for me, just always taking a step forward. He did have a debut here kind of six years prior to last year where he missed the cut. But if you look at last year as kind of his debut, considering the player that he is, uh, a 20th uh, place finish there. Uh, and I think he was 10th maybe after 54 holes and just couldn't quite push on into those places and, and contend. I think the the, the occasion got the better of him, but looks a better player this year, more well-rounded. Um, and now he comes up a 90s one of the 25s ones we have been used to.
0: Yeah. Again, another situation of just seeing that, odds drift that just feels too good for a golfer where you know it's ripe in form. So he feels like he averages like an Eagle per round too. I'm always tracking and you know, he's ripping off birdie streaks left and right, a great DraftKings play as well. And again, potentially this might be the difference when we have individuals who produce content for the PGA tour side, who are strong in the analysis of, you know, making their own odds, making their own projections and, looking at value on the DraftKings salary versus value in the betting market absolutely there's a difference however when we see this opportunity of the BMW Championship PM, BMW PGA Championship excuse me um you know often the guys that I am betting are absolutely ones that I'm heavily exposed to on DraftKings I normally find a group of golfers you know probably this week will be in the 30 to, to 40 range if I'm playing 150 lineups and and just, you know, really keep tight with them and not all that concerned um sometimes on a value perspective as a European game it's just quite a bit different than the PGA side of things. So, that wraps up both of our oh, well, I guess from under 100 to 1. I think there's golfers we'd like to to talk about here as we go down the board. Um one golfer who I thought was going to ruin Minwoo Lee's first round leader golfer who showed up a little bit two weeks ago, but Italian open didn't end up finishing the same way for Gavin Green as it opened, but there's a lot of life there. So you're on
1: him at a deep number this week. Yeah. I mean, he's kind of 400 to one over here. He's 300 to one uh, in general. And it was actually you that alerted me to, you know, he showed some life uh, a couple of starts ago and he's built on that, right? You know, you look at his uh, irons last week and it, it looks like he just had a really good round uh with his irons in the final round he gained over two and a half or two point three strokes and he was sixth in the field but you actually look he was building up to it he, he was 117th in the strokes gained in the first round then he went 36th 28th sixth it's a really good progression um he's been in 10th place after two rounds here last year I don't really think it's a perfect golf course for Gavin Green. I think he's somewhere that he does like to open up and hit a few drivers and when he's got that, you know, on a string, that's his biggest thing. So maybe the Dunhill link in a couple of years, a couple of weeks time.
0: You're exactly right, Tom. I mean, you look at that improvement, you know, he opens with a 74 at the Omega Gavin Green, and then he goes 65, 69, 68, 69, 69, 70, 71, seven, you know, rounds of quality golf, you know, some really low ones mixed in there. 24th place finish, you know, at the Italian Open. I'd say similar. You spotted something in Lucas Biergaard too when he kind of sparked that run where he ended up, you know, having some really strong finishes paying off on DraftKings. So maybe this is being early on it. And if you look at that price, $6,500 on DraftKings for Gavin Green, very affordable, potentially a very way to differentiate yourself too. I think that's what we need to go through as it's six K's here um, and kind of needle out who we're interested in. And maybe there's ways that we can be top heavy, because like we've mentioned so far, there are a lot of guys up the salary board we like. So we need to find some guys who present some value down here.
1: Yeah, completely agree. I think, I think it is a case of it isn't the best golf course, forever, as I said, but, you know, I think that, you know, in the next few weeks, he's a guy that needs to look out for. And if we can just get early on him and, and maybe get a good top 15, top 20 finish for him on DraftKings and uh 6,500 pays off.
0: Yes, absolutely. So um we'll go through our in or out for the six K range here. Um talk through a few different golfers. Again, we can kind of different range through. Sixty nine hundred, Kiradesh Affi Barnrat.
1: Yes, he's been flashing up in uh, recent weeks. Yes. I'm just going um, to say yes, are I? That's
0: <laughs> no, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> I, I can't believe I now have to say this. Uh, Pablo Larottepo. <laughs> that's it. It's great. Uh, no. All right. I'm, I think I'm in $6,900. Played exceptional, I think, last week. Uh, Renato Operator,
1: $6,900. No.
0: Agreed. Uh, Ryder Cup captain, Padre Harrington, $6,900. No,
1: nope. too much to take.
0: Let's keep going here. 6,800, Victor Dubesson. No. How uh, about Zanotti, 6,800? see yes. Okay, I knew you'd be there. Let's go Benjamin Abair, 6,700. Yes. I think he's been kind of sneaky lately. He's um How about under the radar, Graham McDowell teed it up this week,
1: 6,800. No, I was kept in
0: Jazz Jana Watanan, $6,700. Yes.
1: Yes.
0: (mumbles) Joachim B. Hansen, $6,600.
1: Yes, played well last year.
0: How about Miguel Angel,
1: $6,600?
0: No. Ashley Chester, $6,600? No. Brandon Stone, $6,500. His ball striking is still really good. It's, it's kind of a miracle he's not making any cuts. Um, Tapio Polkinen,
1: 6500 No. First is round leader here experience?
0: two times. I think he was first round leader twice or, or two years ago here. Um, golfer made the cut last week if we talked about him. Sunday, 68 for Sammy Valamaki, $6,400. Yes, get the ball
1: well.
0: Nino Bertazio, sixty four hundred dollars no gets thin down here uh julian surrey sixty three hundred dollars two made cuts would three made cuts in a row. would love to have been there I wish he could really pull through. I like surrey. Um, we don't mention him Lucas Biergard sixty two hundred dollars. Mm. I thought he was going to win here not that long ago. he third? yeah. Top I mean, five.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, but.
0: Robert it, Carlson. will stick with the champions tour. $6,200. $6, uh,
1: yeah. Voice casting duty. Just leave me alone.
0: Uh man. It gets, it gets tough down here. Daniel Gavins is 6,100. Yeah. Not a winner. Not that long ago.
1: I know, it, but I think they're down here for a reason. Right. I think yeah. that as much as you do need to find guys down the bottom, I think 6,800. I mean, Kevin Green's a good little differentiator, but I don't have a ton of confidence in him.
0: Oh, I got um, one. I got one. No. Francesco Laporta, 6400
1: Yes. We're giving him the benefit of that doubt.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, that looks like the best way that you can kind of find. Oh, Michael Lorenzo Vero, $6,600, potentially. I mean, he, he can't really do anything, but it feels like he shouldn't be priced there. I don't know.
1: I don't know. I don't need that anymore.
0: Um. But yeah, I think the more we look through this, it is difficult down there. So maybe you have to just be pretty balanced this week. Maybe that's more popular build. Uh, looking forward to seeing how that goes for DraftKings and competing against all you guys for the 50K top price. Tom, let's review our betting cards before we talk a little bit of Ryder Cup.
1: Yeah. So for me, I thought the very obvious bet for the week was uh, Henry Stinson at 40 to 1, uh, like Sean Crocker at 70 to 1, and Masahiro Kawamura at 90 to 1, and Gavin Green at 300 to 1 and bigger. Alex Noren, 27 to 1. Christian Bezaydenhu,
0: 35 to 1. Guido Migliazzi, 66 to 1. Sam Horsfield, 70s. Callum Hill, 80. Masahiro Kawamura, 90 to 1. Six bets, under 100 to 1 for me this week. So, Tom, Ryder Cup's on the horizon. Selections yeah. are coming just after. We're going to have three wild card selections. Uh, and the opportunity for a decent amount of these guys, if they were to have either a victory or a really strong finish and things fall their way. Um, unlike Christian Bezayden, who there are all other golfers who can qualify uh, for this one here. So if you look at the list with a win, there are 14 golfers who could make their way into this year. I'm going to read them because it's motivating factors. Schwab, Stenson, Wallace, Rasmus, Richard Bland, Cuss favorite, Callum Hill, Danny Willett, Dietrich, Norin, Rose. Guido can get in with a second. So Guido's on that list. These guys above are seconds. Poulter, Robert McIntyre, Perez and Wiesberger only need a third place finish. And again, things to follow their way. But Sergio isn't teeing it up this week. Um, So there is a little bit of room on that. Um, kind of list for these guys to, to jump Shane Lowry uh, and get up there. So what are your thoughts right now as they anchor in? Um, is there somebody who you are really bullish on being on the team?
1: I made somewhere earlier that the, the guys does uh, the OWGR rankings, uh, the projections that Vietbacher could finish like 50th and get in. So I really think there's quite a lot of permutations. But uh, for me, like I said earlier, I think that, that Henry Extension or Justin Rose with any kind of top five, uh, you know, uh, finish there would just be picked. Um, I think that Project Harrington wants Shane Larry to just end up in that final pick. I think he wants Justin Rose or Stenson to step up, and there's very easily Garcia, Polter, and Stenson or Rose. Now, the trouble is, is one, you don't want to get stuck with a guy that's managed to get himself into the team at the last minute. I think I spoke to Ollie Wilson uh, about his experience, uh, it about, how long was some of that? It was 2008, where um, you know, he got into the team and he said that Nick Fowler didn't really respect him because he hadn't won and didn't want to play him. He played really well with Stenson and then just got dragged out for the afternoon. So I don't think you want a situation like that. But also, you don't want to, you know, all these guys, I mean, you talk about Rasmus Hogard, you talk about, um, you know, Callum Hill, you're talking about guys like that that are just really impressing at the right times. Guido, as you said, you know, I think he's probably more likely to, to happen in a couple of years' time. But, you know, is it, is it a bad thing if any one of these people get themselves in with a good performance? I don't think it is. I think that, you know, they're just riding the hot hand. For me, it just it very much boils down to Garcia, Poulter, and one of those experienced heads, which probably is the safe option and maybe the boring option, many people will say. Um, but we're playing away from home. Uh, experience, council plenty, and someone like Justin Rose's uh, record is a lot better than people give it credit for.
0: Yeah, I did the show recently 300 yards to unknown with Rick Gaiman walking through my thoughts and just having full control um, on what, you know, I imagined, you know, again, there wasn't a restriction, I left Lee Westwood off, he'd be the one of those that have been locked in that his recent stretch of form just isn't anywhere near I think Ryder Cup capable or Ryder Cup, I guess, baseline that I would like to see. Yeah. Um There is so much experience in these guys too, that I would prefer, I I just feel like, again, the team aspect of it's so important, right? The European tour, I mean, the Solheim Cup was just just finished as we went through here. Uh, The European team did win. And I mean, you would dare say, looking at the singles matches today, I'm not sure there was any of them from, you know, outside of momentum of the last two days that probably on the European side were favorites in that matchup, potentially one, um, you know, and ultimately that's just kind of a uh, testament to the way they prepare and, you know, really relish these team moments. And I would love to see them take the opportunity to, instead of a Rose, Sergio, Poulter, Westwood, kind of driven, have 25 or 33% of that team from veterans, maybe you do get the opportunity of getting somebody with a strong performance at Wentworth on that last spot and kind of tease them. You, you only play them on Sunday. You don't have to play them Friday, Saturday. You know, I think Bob fits that mold perfectly. Of course, he has, you know, back-to-back miscuts. cuts, did not take yeah. advantage of what he needed to. So unless he wins realistically, he's not going to get that opportunity. But I mean, what are the odds right now that Guido's on the the next you know 2023 Ryder Cup? I mean, it's probably oh gosh, I'm so biased. I was gonna say 50-50, but that's probably strong. Um but I mean, I mean he's got a Rome, good chance, isn't he? Yeah, like, being in Rome, like if you can build this around Guido, like give him a <laughs> little build bit around
1: Guido. Forget your Rom. Rom, who's that? Guido. Think... But
0: that's I don't know. That's kind of my head is be like. Show somebody the
1: way. I think the thing is with the Ryder Cup, is that like when you've got uh, soccer teams, when you've got American football teams, when you've got basketball teams, right, you are a coach or a head coach or a manager that is preparing for the future and you can bring these guys into big events and give them the experience so that they can develop quicker and get, get experience at an early age. In the Ryder Cup, you you, you could be one and done. Patrick Harrington may never captain again, and he just wants to win the Ryder Cup. We talk about Westwood there as, as a potentially a weak link. I think that Fitzpatrick won't really get used. Um, I think that he will play potentially a foursomes with a, a stronger iron player, but he won't get used in the four-ball sessions. Um, but you look at Westwood and Garcia's record together. I think they've played seven times. Uh, I think they've uh, gone unbeaten or they may have lost once. Um, I did do this on the show last week, uh, Travis Thornton. But they were like, they were like literally just, they've been unbeaten, definitely in four-seps. And, you know, it's just incredible what, what they can do together. And I don't know, do you, do you add someone like Erasmus Hogarth to that now when he can just get himself in in two years' time? You know, we see, you know, you would have said like Matteo Manessaro was a shoe in to be uh, a Ryder Cup star in the future, never played in one. Um, you know, it, these guys drop off so quickly and that is the one concern you know what you're getting with um you know i was a massive advocate for leaving sergio garcia off in paris and taking matt wallace and look how that one panned out you know mm-hmm. matt, matt wallace has probably never recovered from that season and that moment and sergio garcia has uh, has flourished you know he's he, he's earned his way back onto the team i think um so oh, absolutely. i completely it, agree it, it's tough isn't it is you you I think the trouble is with Stricker is he's given himself too much to do. Like, he's given himself six picks because he didn't want to happen what happened over the last couple where they've had to miss guys at the last minute and taken, like, Phil Mickelson to the Gulf National and left, like, Kevin Kisner at home would have been perfect for it. Not perfect this year, but, um, you know, Billy Horschel missed out just that one year after those FedEx Cup playoffs. I think they always they wanted to leave themselves so, so many options to make, but now they've just got too much to think about. That they've they're just kind of going to make it worse for themselves. Um, whereas Europe have got three picks, two of them are spoken for, and I think that last one's up a debate.
0: Yeah, I mean the other one who's trending again. If Alex Noren does win, what we've seen out, he's like that hot pick, you know, potentially that. I mean, what he beat. I mean, he had the clinching putt, not the clinching, but the final putt, right, in yeah. in Paris. Um, that you know. He's just shown enough recently that I think you know anybody could be of value um, from that sense. So
1: <sighs> I, I think that n- nobody would complain if Alex Norrington went over Justin Rose or Henrik Stenson. If a burnt Viesberger or a Callum Hill or Resmus Hogard or Guido or someone goes in and either doesn't play and doesn't really contribute and then loses in the singles because they get a tough draw, that, and we lose. Podrick's just going to get absolutely hammered for not taking Justin Rose or Henry Stenson. And, I mean, Podrick Harrington has never done things the way everybody else wants to. He's always been in his own, he's sort of walked his own sort of thing. So, yeah, I think he's the guy that if if anyone was going to give someone a chance, he would do it. I just think that someone has to step up to the plate at Wentworth this week and force a decision. And it's such a good event for that purpose. Yep, yep, I completely agree. And do do you Um, think that's going to... Sorry to cut you off there. Do you think that's going to kill people's chances to win this week. But like is Callum Hill, now he's seen that he can actually get into the team. Is he not? It's it's such a big tournament, you
0: know, that, I mean, is less pressure better? You know, yeah. uh, is Bezayna who free rolling this week in Schwab, in Rye, and these yeah. guys that have, you know, what they've achieved? You know, Callum Hill, realistically, to end up this season, is just playing for, you know, climbing up the world rankings. Yeah. WGCs, you know, he's in the top 100 now. So, it's a motivating for fun for some. For for Robert McIntyre, the last two weeks, you know, I think he's somebody who loves those moments, but man, you know, the the pressure might have been too much. You see him posting on social media, you know, after frustrating rounds, need to get better, need to work harder, you know, skips the KFT finals, you know, Mm -hmm. because potentially it was a lot on him. You know, I think so much of the kid, and maybe it was a lot for the pressure of the moment. So, you know, you reflect on that, but then also it's how much goes into course fit. You know, you mentioned Rasmus Hoygaard, you know, a couple of times. I think about, um, Hazeltine, where Thomas Peters was electric. You know, unbelievable. You know, somebody like his nature, I mean, he's, he would be an unbelievable wild card that, you know, it can't happen. But who's that course fit type of guy that maybe you could find down that
1: ranking? And the thing is as well, when you think about, you know, that's a really good example of Thomas Peters. Rafa Cabrera-Bello was, was a star the week that he played. I think he had three and a half points. Nicholas Coleson was electric at the start of the Medina. Like the guys you don't expect to step up. Actually, do a really good job, and they're slightly older than what Rasmus Hogard was at twenty years of age to get thrown straight into the Ryder Cup. He's going to get heckled a lot by American fans, um, but, but you know he stands up to you know pressures of winning final rounds, and you know he he's going to have a you know if he gets played in pairs, is he going to get put with someone like a Rory McIlroy? Is he going to get put with someone like a Sergio Garcia or someone like that to help him along? These guys can handle it, right? They you know they're they're all professional golfers, and they're all good enough. And Callum Hill, I think, would get up for something like that. Robert McIntyre certainly would. It's a shame that he has completely died off because I was I was pretty much against him getting into the team for quite a long time. Everyone was talking about him as a certainty, and and I, I kind of found it a bit of a nonsense. But you know, he does have the perfect fit. You know, he's playable. Oh yes championships the, the way he drives a ball yep. the streakiness with a putter he's not the best putter but just every now then he gets on the run with him. a bit like Shane Lowry just yep. rolls them in with the best points. so I, I think there's a bold choice to be made and I just ultimately think it will just go down to the three people that are obvious
0: yeah it's more than likely that someone plays their way in yes I, I couldn't agree more so I think it's a exciting week from a lot of a lot of angles you know we love this event as is whether there was nothing on the line you yeah. know we love this event so in my opinion you know there's so much to play for there's so much opportunity in the markets for for us to take advantage of with these deeper odds with the DraftKings prizes um just really excited and, and make sure to communicate with us whether it's in the youtube uh comments whether it is you know twitter we're always open yeah, it's great I lots <laughs> of uh
1: to dive in there and you know but in all seriousness we've had some great I mean I'm sure you've had messages to Sky I yeah. get I get messages kind of weekly now which is really nice you know i really enjoyed the show with you and Sky can you help me with these picks and yep. I'm more obliged to and sometimes I give bad advice sometimes I get great advice we had a guy a message message us last week that said that he took down a contest thanks to our picks and mm-hmm. great like you know that, that's what we're here for you know we we, we want you to enjoy it as much as we do we enjoy talking about it for you know for the hell of it and yep. and you guys making money is just a, a bonus on top Nope. You're exactly right. I
0: think that's so important. And for those that don't dip their toes into the European tour ever, this is a, a grand week, build up, do some Ryder cup research, check out these guys that maybe you aren't as, you know, um, in line with, I know a lot of them do play PGA tour events, but you know, they're not the favorites that you get to see like we have this week. So just really enjoy the BMW PGA Championship, Rudon, who, you know, you're you're going to be betting our cards, hopefully align um, with the stars with you there on Sunday. Make sure to wear your sunscreen, Tom, if it's gonna be sunny out there. We remember last time yeah. what happened at the open championship, Very you know, if old. it's pants, maybe, maybe yeah. you need pants again too. Um, but no, and, I'm excited
1: for you. And, and I think I might wear some, something identifying, and I might just shout or mashed potato or something like yes. that just to stand out. You know, that could be great. Uh, maybe I'll put a beef Johnston T-shirt on. He's okay. Sever, a big following, so why don't you paint your like,
0: body up with the Italian flag?
1: We know exactly. that. Hey, if I he's can,
0: if he's in contention on Sunday, time you have to do something.
1: I will literally get uh, an Italian jacket. I'll pop the collar. Yes. DJ Paulie D in Yes. We go.
0: Amen. He's, I, and
1: and the sunglasses. Absolutely. Yes.
0: I, I have good feeling for Guido this week. Italian Open was just an appetizer. You know, this is the full course that we're going to have this week. <laughs> but good luck, everybody. We enjoyed having you on here. And please, again, reach out at Skyhook DFS. Tom, where can they find you? Tom Jacobs, 93 on Twitter. Perfect. Feel free to reach out, guys. Thank you. And best of luck this week.